the first and second letters to the thessalonians from the twentieth century new testament this is a librivox recording all librivox recordings are in the public domain for more information or to volunteer please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by J. A. Carter, www.authenticlight.org. The Twentieth Century New Testament, by a company of about twenty scholars. The First Letter to the Thessalonians, Introduction and Chapters 1 through 5, and the Second Letter to the Thessalonians, Introduction and Chapters 1 through 3. The First Letter to the Thessalonians, Introduction st paul's first letter to the thessalonians written probably during his stay at corinth in the course of his second missionary journey about fifty two a d thessalonica now the turkish town of salonica was an important seaport in macedonia on the great highway by which trade travelled between europe and roman asia attracted probably by its large jewish population and by its admirable position as a centre for the diffusion of his message the apostle paul visited the town in the course of his second missionary journey Acts 17, preaching in the synagogue and working at his trade as a tent-maker, 1 Thessalonians 2, verse 9, 2 Thessalonians 3, verse 8. At first he gained many converts, but after a short time his unbelieving countrymen succeeded in arousing a strong opposition against him and his companions. This was carried so far that a mob collected and attacked the house in which they were staying, and Paul and Silas barely escaped with their lives. Leaving Thessalonica, they went on to Berea, and from there to Athens and Corinth. But while the apostle was at Athens, news reached him that the little Christian community from which he had thus been compelled to part was itself suffering persecution. On hearing this, the keen interest which he felt in their welfare made him eager to return to them. Chapter 2, verse 18. But this, proving at the time impossible, he sent Timothy to them to obtain further information and to comfort and encourage them amidst their sufferings. Chapter 3, verse 2. Upon Timothy's return to Corinth, with good news of the faith and love shown by the Thessalonian converts, the Apostle wrote this letter. Chapter 1 To the Thessalonian Church in Union with God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ, from Paul, Silas, and Timothy. May God bless you and give you peace. We always mention you in our prayers and thank God for you all, recalling continually before our God and Father the efforts that have resulted from your faith the toil prompted by your love, and the patient endurance sustained by your hope in our Lord Jesus Christ. Brothers, whom God loves, we know that he has chosen you, because the good news that we brought came home to you, not merely as so many words, but with a power and a fullness of conviction due to the Holy Spirit. For you know the life that we lived among you for your good, and you yourselves began to follow not only our example, but the Master's also. And in spite of much suffering, you welcomed the message with a joy inspired by the Holy Spirit, and so became a pattern to all who believed in Christ throughout Macedonia and Greece. For it was from you that the Lord's message resounded throughout Macedonia and Greece, and more than that, your faith in God has become known far and wide, so that there is no need for us to say another word. Indeed, in speaking about us, the people themselves tell of the reception you gave us, and how turning to God from your idols, you became servants of the true and living God, and are now awaiting the return from heaven of his Son, whom he raised from the dead, Jesus, our Deliverer from the coming wrath. Chapter 2 Yes, brothers, you yourselves know that your reception for us was not without result, for although we had experienced suffering and ill-treatment, as you know at Philippi, we had the courage, by the help of our God, to tell you God's good news in spite of great opposition. 
Our appeal to you was not based on a delusion, nor was it made from unworthy motives or with any intention of misleading you. But having been found worthy by God to be entrusted with the good news, therefore we tell it, with a view to please not men, but God, who proves our hearts. Never at any time, as you know, did we use the language of flattery or make false professions in order to hide selfish aims. God will bear witness to that. Nor did we seek to win honor from men, whether from you or from others, although as apostles of Christ we might have burdened you with our support. But we lived among you with the simplicity of a child. We were like a woman nursing her own children. In our strong affection for you, that seemed to us the best way of sharing with you not only God's good news, but our very lives as well, so dear had you become to us. You will not have forgotten, brothers, our labor and toil. Night and day we used to work at our trades so as not to be a burden to any of you, while we proclaim to you God's good news. You will bear witness, and God also, that our relations with you who believed in Christ were pure and upright and beyond reproach. Indeed, you know that like a father with his own children, we used to encourage and comfort every one of you, and solemnly plead with you, so that you should make your daily lives worthy of God who is calling you into the glory of his kingdom. This too is a reason why we, on our part, are continually thanking God, because in receiving the teaching that you had from us, you accepted it not as the teaching of man, but as what it really is, the teaching of God which is even now doing its work within you who believe in Christ. For you, brothers, began to follow the example of the churches of God in Judea, which are in union with Jesus Christ. You, in your turn, suffering at the hands of your fellow citizens, in the same way as those churches did at the hands of the Jews, the men who killed both the Lord Jesus and the prophets, and persecuted us also. They do not try to please God, and they are enemies to all mankind, for they would prevent us from speaking to the Gentiles with a view to their salvation, and thus are always filling up the measure of their iniquity. But the wrath of God has come upon them to the full. As for ourselves, brothers, our having been bereaved of you even for a short time, though in body only and not in spirit, made us all the more eager to see your faces again, and the longing to do so was strong upon us. That was why we made up our minds to go to see you, at least I, Paul, did more than once. But Satan put difficulties in our way. For what hope or joy will be ours, or what crown shall we have to boast of in the presence of our Lord Jesus at his coming, if it be not you? You are our pride and our delight. Chapter 3 And so, as we could bear it no longer, we made up our minds to remain behind alone at Athens, and sent Timothy, our brother and God's minister of the good news of the Christ, to strengthen you and to encourage you in your faith, so that none of you should be shaken by the troubles through which you are passing. You yourselves know that we are destined to meet with such things. For even while we were with you, we warned you beforehand that we were certain to encounter trouble. And so it proved, as you know. Therefore, since I could no longer endure the uncertainty, I sent to make inquiries about your faith, fearing that the tempter had tempted you, and that our toil might prove to have been in vain. But when Timothy recently returned to us from you with good news of your faith and love, and told us how kindly you think of us, always longing, he said, to see us, just as we are longing to see you, on hearing this we felt encouraged about you, brothers, in the midst of all our difficulties and troubles, by your faith. For it is new life to us to know that you are holding fast to the Lord. How can we thank God enough for all the happiness that you are giving us in the sight of our God? 
night and day we pray most earnestly that we may see you face to face and make good any deficiency in your faith may our god and father himself and jesus our lord make the way plain for us to come to you and for you may the lord fill you to overflowing with love for one another and for everyone just as we are filled with love for you and so make your hearts strong and your lives pure beyond reproach in the sight of our god and father at the coming of our lord jesus with all his holy ones chapter four further brothers we beg and exhort you in the name of our lord jesus christ to carry out more fully than ever as indeed you are already doing all that you have heard from us as to what your daily life must be if it is to please god for you have not forgotten the directions that we gave you on the authority of our lord jesus for this is god's purpose that you should be pure abstaining from all immorality each of you recognizing the duty of taking one woman for his wife purely and honorably and not for the mere gratification of his passions like the gentiles who know nothing of god none of you overreaching or taking advantage of his brother in such matters the lord takes vengeance upon all who do such things as we have already warned you and solemnly declared for god's call to us does not permit of an impure life but demands purity therefore he who disregards this warning disregards not man but god who gives you his holy spirit as to love for the brethren there is no need to write to you for you have yourselves been taught by god to love one another and indeed you do act in this spirit toward all the brethren throughout macedonia yet brothers we urge you to still further efforts make it your ambition to live quietly and to attend to your own business and to work with your hands as we directed you so that your conduct may win respect from those outside the church and that you may not want for anything we do not wish you to remain in ignorance brothers with regard to those who have passed to their rest that your grief may not be like that of others who have no hope for as we believe that jesus died and rose again so also we believe that god will bring with jesus those who through him have passed to their rest this we tell you on the authority of the lord that those of us who are still living at the coming of the lord will not anticipate those who have passed to their rest for with a loud summons with the shout of an archangel and with the trumpet call of god the lord himself will come down from heaven then those who died in union with christ shall rise first and afterwards we who are still living shall be caught up in the clouds with them to meet the lord in the air and so we shall be forever with the lord therefore comfort one another with what i have told you chapter five but as to the times and the moments there is no need brothers for any one to write to you you yourselves know well that the day of the lord will come just as a thief comes in the night when people are saying all is quiet and safe it is then that like birth pangs upon a woman with a child ruin comes suddenly upon them and there will be no escape you however brothers are not in darkness that the daylight should take you by surprise as if you were thieves for you are all sons of light and sons of the day we have nothing to do with night or darkness therefore let us not sleep as others do no let us be watchful and self-controlled it is at night that men sleep and at night that drunkards get drunk but let us who belong to the day control ourselves and put on faith and love as a breastplate and the hope of salvation as a helmet for god destined us not for wrath but to win salvation through our lord jesus christ who died for us that whether we are still watching or have fallen asleep we may live with him therefore encourage one another and try to build up one another's characters as indeed you are doing we beg you brothers to value those who toil among you and are your leaders in the lord's service and give you counsel 
hold them in the very greatest esteem and affection for the sake of their work live at peace with one another we entreat you also brothers warn the disorderly comfort the faint-hearted give a helping hand to the weak and be patient with everyone take care that none of you ever pays back wrong for wrong but always follow the kindest course with one another and with everyone always be joyful never cease to pray under all circumstances give thanks to god for this is his will for you as made known in christ jesus do not quench the spirit do not make light of preaching bring everything to the test cling to what is good shun every form of evil may god himself the giver of peace make you altogether holy and may your spirits souls and bodies be kept altogether faultless until the coming of our lord jesus christ he who calls you will not fail you he will complete his work brothers pray for us greet all the brothers with a sacred kiss i adjure you in the lord's name to have this letter read to all the brethren may the blessing of our lord jesus christ be with you end of the first letter to the thessalonians the second letter to the thessalonians introduction st paul's second letter to the thessalonians written probably during his stay at corinth in the course of his second missionary journey about fifty three a d it is probable that about a year intervened between the apostles two letters to this macedonian church the thessalonians had misunderstood what he had said in the first letter as to the nearness of the time of christ's return to the earth a misunderstanding which led to the neglect of the ordinary duties of life accompanied by unrestrained religious excitement to correct this misapprehension and to urge them to fortitude calmness and industry st paul wrote this second letter chapter one to the thessalonian church in union with god our father and the lord jesus christ from paul silas and timothy may god the father and the lord jesus christ bless you and give you peace brothers it is our duty always to thank god about you as is but right considering the wonderful growth of your faith and because without exception your love for one another is continually increasing so much is this the case that we ourselves speak with pride before the churches of god of the patience and faith which you have shown in spite of all the persecutions and troubles that you are enduring these persecutions will vindicate the justice of god's judgment and will result in your being reckoned worthy of god's kingdom for the sake of which you are now afflicted since god deems it just to inflict suffering upon those who are now inflicting suffering upon you and to give relief to you who are suffering as well as to us at the appearing of the lord jesus from heaven with his mighty angels in flaming fire then he will inflict punishment upon those who refuse to know god and upon those who turn a deaf ear to the good news of jesus our lord these men will pay the penalty of unutterable ruin banished from the presence of the lord and from the glorious manifestation of his might when he comes to be honored in his people and to be revered in all who have learnt to believe in him for you also believed our testimony as he will be on that day with this in view our constant prayer for you is that our god may count you worthy of the call that you have received and by his power make perfect your delight in all goodness and the efforts that have resulted from your faith then in the loving kindness of our god and the lord jesus christ will the name of jesus our lord be honored in you and you in him chapter two as to the coming of our lord jesus christ and our being gathered to meet him we beg you brothers not lightly to let your minds become unsettled nor yet to be disturbed by any revelation or by any message or by any letter purporting to come from us to the effect that the day of the lord is come do not let any one deceive you whatever he may do 
for it will not come until after the great apostasy and the appearing of that incarnation of wickedness that lost soul who so opposes himself to every one that is spoken of as a god or as an object of worship and so exalts himself above them that he seats himself in the temple of god and displays himself as god do you not remember how when i was with you i used to speak to you of all this and you know now what the restraining influence is which prevents his appearing before his appointed time wickedness indeed is already at work in secret but only until he who at present restrains it is removed out of the way then will wickedness incarnate appear but the lord jesus will destroy him with the breath of his lips and annihilate him by the splendor of his coming for at the coming of the lord there will be great activity on the part of satan in the form of all kinds of deceptive miracles signs and marvels as well as of wicked attempts to delude to the ruin of those who are on the path to destruction because they have never received and loved the truth to their own salvation that is why god places them under the influence of a delusion to cause them to believe a lie so that sentence may be passed on all those who refuse to believe the truth but delight in wickedness but brothers whom the lord loves it is our duty always to thank god about you for from the first god chose you for salvation through the purifying influence of the spirit and your belief in the truth to this you were called by the good news which we brought you to attain to the glory of our lord jesus christ stand firm then brothers and hold fast to the truths that we taught you whether by word or by letter and may our lord jesus christ himself and god our father who loved us and in his loving kindness gave us unfailing consolation and good ground for hope console your hearts and strengthen you to do and to say all that is right chapter three in conclusion brothers pray for us pray that the lord's message may spread rapidly and be received everywhere with honor as it was among you and that we may be preserved from wrong-headed and wicked men for it is not every one who believes in christ but the lord will not fail you he will give you strength and guard you from evil yes and the confidence that our union with the lord enables us to place in you leads us to believe that you are doing and will do what we direct you may the lord bring you to the love of god and to the patience of the christ we urge you brothers in the name of the lord jesus christ to avoid any brother who is living an ill-ordered life which is not in agreement with the teaching that you have received from us for you know well that you ought to follow our example when we were with you our life was not ill-ordered nor did we eat any one's bread without paying for it night and day laboring and toiling we used to work at our trades so as not to be a burden upon any of you this was not because we had not a right to receive support but our object was to give you a pattern for you to copy indeed when we were with you what we urged upon you was if a man does not choose to work then he shall not eat we hear that there are among you people who are living ill-ordered lives and who instead of attending to their own business are mere busy bodies all such people we urge and entreat in the name of the lord jesus christ to attend quietly to their business and earn their own living you brothers must not grow weary of doing what is right if any one disregards what we have said in this letter mark that man and avoid his company that he may feel ashamed yet do not think of him as an enemy but caution him as you would a brother may the lord from whom all peace comes himself give you his peace at all times and in all ways may he be with you all i paul add this greeting in my own handwriting it is my signature to every letter this is how i write 
May the blessing of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you all. End of the Second Letter to the Thessalonians End of the First and Second Letters to the Thessalonians